Good morning, church. I was just wondering if you've ever been confused about what you're supposed to do in this life for Jesus. Have you ever been confused by that? Are you confused right now? I, you know, I don't know if there's ever been anybody that wasn't a little bit confused about that. And the source of that confusion seems to always be around who we are in Jesus and what is our role. I mean, really, is, is Jesus making this happen in us or are we making it happen for him? Now, I've often said it seems to be a little bit more like a, uh, a mutual program in which he's doing the work and we accept and allow the work to be done. But here's a text that sort of throws some wrenches into the, into the monkey works for us. And I just want you to be able to just take this in this moment of confusion, in this difficult time a little bit, and just listen in. John 12, verse 20 to 26. Some Greeks who had come to Jerusalem for the Passover celebration paid a visit to Philip, who is from Bethsaida in Galilee. They said, Sir, we want to meet Jesus. Philip told Andrew, and, and they together went to Jesus. Jesus replied when he saw them, Now the time has come for the Son of Man to enter his glory. I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. But its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. Those who love their life in this world will lose it, and those who care nothing for their life in this world will keep it for eternity. Anyone who wants to serve me must follow me, because my servants must be where I am, and the Father will honor anyone who does that who serves me. Philip went to Andrew and Andrew went to Jesus and Jesus gave a strange reply. Kind of seems how it normally is. Just want to enter that moment and be aware that, that often Jesus's reply doesn't always seem to follow, right? It's no smooth segue between what we're asking for and what we're not. So here's the things that I'm starting to think about when I read this text. One, Philip and Andrew have a methodology on how they think, and they have a model from their world about how somebody comes to the Lord. And that model is, is that there's somebody interposed in between them and God in such a way that, that the introduction has to be made. The modern example of that in some ways is our Pope, or not our Pope, but a Pope, and our bishops and things like that, that, that they see their job, or, or, the, or the church societal model says that, you know, when things come down on high, they come down on high to the, to the people up on top in the roles and authorities, and then those things come down the line like this. And when somebody comes to us, we need to run it up the flagpole in the same way. And they did this. I, I think that we're going to have to get used to a couple of things because of Jesus' comment here where he talks about 
I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. But its death will produce many new kernels. Now he's talking about his own death here about producing much new life in the life of many people, not just the Jews, but also the Gentiles or the Greeks that are coming to see. But they're coming to see Jesus. People are coming to see Jesus. They don't need necessarily somebody interposed between them, except in this case, they needed kind of an introduction. Now they made kind of a production of it that models a priesthood of sorts. Anyway, Here's a couple of notions that I think we need to get used to um, in our lives. The first one is this. We're going to have to give up on a notion that we actually know what's happening in the kingdom of God. Now, we have some general ideas, but I mean the day-to-day -day nuts and bolts operations of the kingdom of God are pretty much impervious to us going, well, this means this now. I've got a, I've got a gal on Facebook that, that she's putting out a note from her denominational prophet every week or something like that. And, and I'm telling you, you know, get ready. The clouds are lifting of your understanding today. Daily prophetic, blah, 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 blah. It's essentially the same as trusting a fortune cookie or a horoscope for what's going on in your life. I think we have to get used to the moment of not actually being in on it. Jesus has an understanding of what's going on, and it's deeper and fuller than we're used to. So we're going to have to get up. We're going to have to get give up on the notion that we actually know the day-to-day -day nuts and bolts operations of how the kingdom of God is being formed. Now, if we have to give up on the notion of actually knowing what's going on, I think we're actually going to have to give up on a secondary thing, which most of us don't like giving up on. In this case, right, Philip thought that the way to go to get to Jesus was to take him to Andrew because Andrew was higher up in the chain of the disciples, often thought about Peter's brother, Andrew. Anyway, or, or one of, Andrew is listed as one of the first four, and Philip is one of the last four generally in a hierarchies of, of the of what the Bible calls the disciples. And so it was right to go up the chain, to run it up the chain and get permission to do that. Instead of just taking him, taking the Greeks straight to Jesus, he went and asked for kind of permission or a methodology, or maybe he didn't have access or something like that. But if we don't have the day-to-day -day operations, uh, nuts and bolts system understanding, we're also going to have to give up on our idea that our opinion changes how the kingdom of God is done. That being said, we spend a lot of time running things up the flagpole or requiring that they be run up the flagpole before they happen. Here's the example. The Greeks say to Philip, Philip goes to Andrew, Andrew goes to Jesus. Jesus says something. We're going to have to give up that the way we think or the way our opinion says the world operates is the way that the world operates is we're going to have to give that up because if we don't actually know how the kingdom of God operates, our opinion on how it operates probably is just as invalid as what we think is going on.
Number three, we're going to have to give up the priority of place as intermediary between Jesus and the new harvest. I know that's a really a difficult thought, and we need to think this through, but we need to think this through, and often as gatekeepers at the church, we think that people have to come to us, and then they have to sort of become part of the church, and they do all this thing, but the truth is, is that people can walk right into the service and have direct access to Jesus. They can have direct access to Jesus without the service, without us. However, the, the way God forms a people is through interactions of a community, and so the church it, it becomes more of a, a vehicle after the fact than a vehicle during the fact and the more we require that it has to be done this way and it has to be done all that because we don't actually understand how it happens we don't understand how a heart is changed how individual hearts is changed i think you'll if you think a long time about you might be able to look back and see 16 ways that your heart was changed but I think it's ridiculous to think that while that heart change is going on, you know why and exactly how that's happening. And if you don't know how and why it's happening, then your opinion on how it should happen probably doesn't matter as much as we think. And we're going to have to give up the need to require ourselves as intermediary. Here's the Pope and the Bishop and all these things in our life. We require an intermediary. Sometimes we require that it's us that's the intermediary, and sometimes we require an intermediary for us. None of that is how it happens. That's all after the fact. That's all about the formation of community, and we'll get into that. So we've got to give up on our roles. So here's the spot where Jesus says that unless a seed dies and is planted, it doesn't give life to anybody else. It just remains alone, and that's really about him. But anyone who wants to serve me must follow me, and my servants must be where I'm at. Jesus gave up his life, so he gave some stuff up to follow the Lord. We have to give some stuff up to follow the Lord. And one of those things is, is that we are the standard. We're not. So how do we get it wrong? We get it wrong eh, when we interpose ourselves between or between God and somebody else, or we require somebody to be interposed between us. I said this a couple of weeks ago, and I need to say it again. Many of you look at pastors as though they're under shepherds and have this special intermediary position between themselves and God for you. That's not what that role is about. I'm a sheep too, just like you. I need a savior, just like you do. I have a role in the development of his people, but I'm not the savior. I'm not the manufacturer of life preservers for the kingdom of God. I'm not the distributor. I'm much more of, well, let's make sure that it's being worn right person. But even then, I don't have the authority. I can only give the instructions that I'm given. And my opinion on those instructions doesn't necessarily work so well. How many of you understood how to put on a life preserver the very first time you saw one? It doesn't make perfect sense, does it? Until you realize 
that its sole purpose is keeping your mouth above the water. It doesn't really care about where your feet are. Anyway, we get it wrong when we, we interpose ourselves or require interposition for ourselves. Number two, we get it wrong when we only ask ourselves how it should be done. We don't stop to listen to God's opinion. We spend a lot of time listening to our own opinion. And we don't pause to wonder whether our opinion is wrong. So we get it wrong a lot because our lives need to be changed as much as those that we're talking about. Number three, we get it wrong when we think we understand the whole picture. And so if those are the things we need to die to, what we need to live to is basically to flip the whole script around that if instead of us understanding it all, we need to do one of these three things all the time. And the first one is this, Yahweh is Lord of the universe and we're not. I can't say that enough. The first thing is, is that we, when we think we understand how it's happening and we give our opinions about how it should happen, we're taking God's role of lordship into ourselves and saying, but I know, I understand how it should happen. It's my way or the highway. So those are the first two things. Here is Yahweh as Lord and he is forming a people for himself. He's not actually asking our opinion about how that should be done. He's telling us and transforming us so that our opinions become his opinion. But we have to give up our opinions first. And I've met a lot of longtime believers that have never quite gotten to that spot where they're giving up their opinion on how salvation happens or grows or maintains within the others. The third one is this. This is why the biggest confusion goes on. It's Yahweh that is building a hope and a future for his people. It's God that's building a hope and a future for his people. Now he's building it inside us. And Peter will tell you later, always be ready to give an answer for the hope that lies within you. But you're not building that hope. He's building the hope. And you're just after the fact, analyzing, letting the hope be built, and then being ready to give an answer. Unless a seed dies and goes into the grain, it remains alone. But if it goes into the ground, it produces a lifetime of change. We have to be where, God, where Jesus is at in this. And the only way to get there is to die to some of these things of our way to do it. The first one, that we know what's going on. The second one, that our opinion changes should change how it's doing. And the third one, we need to interpose ourselves between Jesus and, and somebody else or that we need somebody to do that for us. He's directly inside us now, forming a people for himself out of us and other people. And all the work that we're doing in the formation of the kingdom of God is after the fact, along with him. So not only does he bring the people in that, that we don't get to choose who he brings, we don't get to choose that we were part of that. And then we allow that work to be done. Have you ever allowed somebody to come in that you didn't think should be here? I suggest dying yourself a little bit.
On that note, let's pray. O oh Lord, O oh God, please allow us, please help us, please leverage us into positions where we recognize that you are Lord of the universe. And then if you're Lord of the universe, then it's your opinion of how it happens and how the entry into your kingdom happens that you, you would allow in us the ability to get rid of all of our little opinions and listen to you. That we might welcome those who come and that we would allow you to build in us a hope for the future that requires us to die to some of these other things in our lives. So strengthen us for this journey, Lord. Gird up our loins in the old language. Bring us to you that we might be your people as you brought us to be. In your precious name, Lord. Amen. Just a few announcements so that you might know um, what's going on in the church. We are... Uh, in our service in phase three a little bit. So it's okay right now that if you bring your, your lawn chairs for you to sit near your cars or, or within some social distancing regulations with some other people and the speakers still work. So out in the parking lot, you can hear what's going on. Um, next week, not this week, but next week, we will be moving to nine in the morning instead of 10 so that it's a little cooler in the parking lot because we don't have much shade. So A, you can bring your chairs and B, services changing to nine because we're outside and because of that, we don't have a bunch of shade and so um, we'll be moving the service up an hour. Bible study. Um, if you were part of Glendine's Tuesday morning Bible study, um, contact her to see what's going on with that. And if you're part of the Wednesday morning, Wednesday evening Bible study, you can contact me and we'll tell you how that's happening. So as you leave this place of, of, and time of the Lord and instruction, may you be able to be where he's at. Go in peace. Amen.